<laughs> okay, so welcome to the Common Humanity Podcast, where we're here to have real human conversations. We get a kind of special thing today because I am actually in person with my guests. We're on a little Um and yeah, and she agreed <laughs> to talk to me <laughs> on on camera specifically. I guess so. <laughs> everybody, this is Ashley. Hi. And we are sorority sisters and friends for a relatively long time because, like, at this point, like a third or more of our years of our lives, whatever. Um, yeah. So, as per usual, I do my one and only question, which is Ashley, who are you? Goodness. <clears throat> I am many things, which I'm sure is probably what everybody says. <laughs> I am, I guess I like to refer to myself right now as a phoenix. Um, I'm a phoenix. I've been reborn. I'm not sure who I am yet because I'm kind of starting over. So the basics are there and the same. The details are different. Mm -hmm. um, some people would call it a midlife crisis, if you will. <laughs> but I don't know that. <clears throat> I guess I've had a little bit of crises, but yeah. I'm a reader. I'm an adventurer. Very nice. What is... We'll start with this. What's your favorite adventure you've ever been on? I don't know. Rough. I'm also doing her hair for the day, so. Oh, she braids me. better than me. <laughs> I guess one of my favorite adventures, because let's be honest, I've been on a lot and picking a favorite hurts. I would say one of my top adventures was the summer I spent in Poland. And what about that adventure was special to you? It was a very uh, solo adventure. I don't know if at that point in time I'd done a lot of solo adventuring. Okay. It was kind of my kick off to the love of like traveling kind of by myself <clears throat> I flew there all by myself I stopped in Iceland for three days by myself I had a not attentive boyfriend <laughs> that I went to stay with who was a lot different than who I had agreed to go to Poland for interesting and so I spent a lot of alone time but I had a transportation pass mm -hmm. so I could get anywhere if I gave myself enough time there was no distance within Krakow too far that I couldn't go on public transportation so I did a lot of internet sleuthing a lot of what's down here <laughs> and found some really cool places nice yeah some cool people 
that's always fun. So we were in Boston this weekend. And so we are basically pros of the public transportation system out here um, because we have gotten home every night. <laughs> pros. Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> uh, we are from places that don't have public transportation systems like this. So we are not going to be a special on a different podcast called My Favorite Murders. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so I want I want to hear more about, so you say you went to Poland to see a boyfriend who was not who you thought he was, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. So tell me more about that and what that experience was like and like how you came to that conclusion. So we met in college. Um, well, he was he just just graduated, so he was in his year out of college, and I was taking a break from college and nannying at that point in time. And when we started dating, we were the same in a lot of ways. Like we did the same like activities. We were able to hang out with each other's friends and it wasn't awkward. Like we were relatively similar enough. Like obviously he's hundred percent Polish, um, but he's, I mean, he speaks great English and we were in America. So like, yeah. We play drinking games, we go out to eat, we play card games a lot, played pool, went on hikes. Like we did a lot of things together. I had to watch him play tennis, but <laughs> I figured that out. <laughs> he was here on a tennis scholarship. That's gotcha. the reason why he moved to Montana out of all places is they offered him a, a full ride. And then he graduated and he had a one-year visa. And when the visa expired, he wasn't able to get it renewed and so he had to go back to Poland and at that point we'd been dating just shy like not quite a year and uh, both of us were like well um well (laughs) is it long enough for us to sorry camera (laughs) long enough for us to keep going Mm -hmm. or are we gonna be done because long distance permanently wasn't really a choice we hadn't been dating long enough to get married um and so we decided to make a plan he left in january we made a plan for me to go there for the summer starting after semester got over in May until the end of the summer where I would come back and then switch colleges because I had to and so that's what I did we made it we made it to May go long distance team um I put all my crap from my apartment in Bozeman into a storage unit and I flew to Poland um got there he picked me up from an airport that was a couple hours away from where he actually lived and I like flew for 32 hours to get there and it was a little sun torn and tired from Iceland and 
like walked into the train station and just looking at him he was different just him himself he made a lot of changes when he moved to Poland um okay. health wise ah, okay so <laughs> um, and less collegiate tennis player more dad bod is that no opposite opposite I was like he had so like bodybuilder was like yeah okay. he had uh, the build of a man who played tennis sure but also drank a lot of beer when he was in Montana because that's Montana yeah <laughs> and so then he moved back to Poland kept playing tennis exercised on top of playing tennis stopped eating as much and basically stopped drinking which good for him man he was healthy but he was it wasn't that he was a bodybuilder it's yeah. that he lost all of his body fat yeah. and he's tall like six five tall and so he was a very slender human when I I was like oh yeah I think that would be <laughs> yeah he was definitely trimmed down and so like good for him except I guess I had a little bit too I started running for some reason I know it was pretty rough <laughs> but I wanted to be able to go to Poland and like feel good about myself at least a little bit so flew to Poland he was there we took a two-week vacation well he took a two-week vacation right when I got there and we went to what's called the land of lakes Missouri and spent like two weeks just being with each other which was great and then like real world started Mm -hmm. and he decided that he wanted to be at work for over like basically 10 to 12 hours a day and then he also wanted to either work out or play tennis three to four hours a day guess how many hours that is (laughs) roughly 15 guess how many hours of sleep he wanted nine eight okay (laughs) so 15 plus eight is 23 (laughs) math major (laughs) i got one whole hour yeah like he would come home from either tennis or the gym and it's like dinner and then after dinner clean up shower blah 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 go to bed and that was it and guess who had to cook dinner me (laughs) and was that like an expectation that he had it like didn't start that way and then it's so late, like it kind of morphed because like, what else am I doing? And he was a definitely meat starch kind of person, which is nothing wrong with that. But like chicken and rice only, he could have eaten it every day. Probably did. I eat it every day. And that's fine. <laughs> I like little variety in my life, plus gluten-free. So yeah. I did a lot of home things and spent a lot of time adventuring so he would leave in the morning I would plan my day and then I would go on said adventure so a lot of times the open air markets they were like an everyday thing like you didn't you didn't go grocery shopping like you mm-hmm. do here you stop by the market and grab what you want for the night and maybe tomorrow breakfast yeah. and that was about it so usually every day I would end up swinging by one of the markets and getting whatever was needed for dinner and then 
you know, doing whatever. So I found a lot of really cool places, basically being left to my own devices every day. Met some cool people. Started doing couchsurfing.com so I could meet some English-speaking people. Because people were there were really nice. No one was angry or anything like that, but I didn't understand anything. And I was working on my Polish, but Polish is hard. <laughs> so yeah, I met some friends on couch surfing. It wasn't more it was more than just, you know, finding a place to stay. It was like, hey, we're gonna be in Poland for the whole day. Anybody wanna meet at this town square and walk around? Maybe you have some cool things to show us. And I was like, I do. <laughs> I have so many cool things. <laughs> And so I would meet these people in the square. We'd introduce ourselves and then we'd walk around. I'm still alive. Cool. Yep. <laughs> like, you made it. I made it. <laughs> and that's kind of what I did for most of the time that I was there. It took me about a month to figure out one out. So I was very lonely the first month. But once I started figuring that stuff out, it got better because I had interaction. Yeah. So the end of that relationship did it end before you left poland did it end after you got back from poland did it end yes okay <laughs> so you were like hey we this was fun but bye <laughs> no we broke up like two times during my trip which was like what the fuck do i do now yeah um and both of them were ones that we talked through as i was trying to figure out the fuck that means for me you know, and yeah, there was a lot of issues as far as me complaining about the time we had together, mm-hmm. him being frustrated because that's what he does now, um, him falling back into some traditional Polish thinking that I wasn't a fan of as far as gender roles in the relationship and and, um, you know, we definitely thought about that a little bit. Like, why would you bring me to Poland when you already knew who I was? Like, yeah. <laughs> you already knew these things. Like, it wasn't a secret. I did not know these things about you. Those were secrets. Um, and so that was issue. Intimacy was an issue. I was like, is it because you got thinner and I did not? Like, I don't, like, don't know why that fell down. Um so yeah there was and then like I didn't know anybody and he would take me places with his friends and like oh they all speak Polish they all speak Polish <laughs> one or two of them would speak English and like help me out a little um, one of them was his friend here in the United States too so I knew one of his friends David and I appreciated David but also his girlfriend was fluent in Polish, not English. And so when we went and hung out with them, that it was like one of us was going to get left out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I wish I knew Polish. I learned quite a bit. Don't remember any of it now, but I could order food at the grocery store yeah. <laughs> and count money, which was really the most two highlighted things. But nope, we broke up and got back together quite a few times. And then... When the last day I was there, I was packing and cleaning and putting things in places where I know he would find them mm-hmm. because I put them in the places that they are practically supposed to go over the course of the couple. I was there for three months. And so I started undoing the things that I did to make it easier for him to be without me in the house 24-7 all the time. 
And as I'm like moving things around, cleaning things up, blah, 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 blah. I was like moving his tennis bag and cigarettes fell out. I have a rule. (laughs) And that rule is I don't date smokers. He knew that when he dated me and he quit, Mm -hmm. supposedly. And that situation. And that's like the rule. And I lay it out very early. Like if I know you smoke cigarettes and we seem like we're going to be interested in each other, I flat out say, I would require this from you. Like this is a deal breaker for me. If you smoke cigarettes or chew, because <laughs> those are the things that you need to do, do them. Like I'm not here to tell you to quit. I'm telling you that if you want to date me, I don't date smokers. You know, well, why would like I would have to quit? Yes, yes, you would. Well, that seems harsh. Then don't date me. Like I'm not requiring you to date me. I'm not saying you have to quit cigarettes. I'm saying if you would like to build something with me, I don't date smokers. And so he chose that path and he quit. And for the eight, whatever, nine months that we were together before we went to Poland, he did not smoke. And then he hit it hella well. for the summer that I was there until that final day when I found them and just something goes nuclear in my brain not only and it it wasn't even necessarily about the cigarettes it was about the long-term lie coupled with the cigarettes and so he got home that was fun it didn't go very smoothly he didn't want me to break up with him I didn't want that to be the last thing that happened before I got a plane. <laughs> so I was like, I don't even, like, it wasn't solved, but it was like, we're not breaking up right now. I'm going to take some space. I'm going to fly back to Montana and we can relook at this after I have an ocean of distance between us. And I don't know, I landed like solidly back in the United States, feet on the ground. And I was like, nope, that's done. And so, yeah, we broke up. How did you feel? So after that relationship, because earlier you said that you feel like a phoenix. So Mm -hmm. did you have that same kind of feeling after that relationship in some sense? No, no, I was in a very different headspace. I had to move to Dillon and start class two days after I landed back in the United States with no place to live, um, carved out (laughs) or anything like that. I have a car (laughs) and I have the luggage I flew to Poland with and I have a storage unit with a key that I can't move anything because I don't have anywhere to move them to Mm -hmm. so I just drove to Dillon slept in my car two days one of the people who's like an advisor found out and got me a hotel room the third day unbeknownst to me and she was like it's already paid for like you have to take it and I was like okay shower would be nice (laughs) (laughs) and maybe a real bed and then after that I had an apartment 
from somebody else who was really nice and like, I have an apartment, it's not remodeled, but you can live in it until we remodel a different one and then you can switch out, which is exactly what I did. Love them. Nice. And so I don't know that it was re like, I didn't feel like a Phoenix. I just felt stress. I had survival mm-hmm. more like basic, like I need a roof over my head. I need to find my student, uh, what's it, student work study jobs. I need to find a real job on top of that. I need to pay attention to my classes and all that stuff. So I had a lot on my mind besides my personal life. Yeah. So I just worked on a lot of that for a bit. So we don't have to go into detail, but I know that the last year of your life has been, we'll go with turbulent. <laughs> um, so there was a lot of survival there as well. So what do you think is the difference between the surviving and coming into who you are now versus the surviving to be who you were then? I think there's just different like that survival wasn't coupled with a lot of emotional like I had checked out of that relationship Mm -hmm. and was just grasping at straws at that point so I'd pretty much already done like the loss of this relationship because I just knew especially towards the end that this wasn't going to be able to carry on a whole lot longer and at that point was just kind of being a chicken (laughs) because I didn't want to end it in a foreign country that wasn't my country and so that was kind of and I had already knew I was going to Dylan already can kind of it the change was expected and I just executed it shittily okay Like I was the one who didn't like secure housing. I was the one who decided to go to Poland and not buy a a ticket on the way home. That was, I I bought the cheapest one, not the smartest one, you know? And so I, I did that to myself. (laughs) Whereas the last year of my life was more done, not necessarily like to me, but done in a way that I didn't have any control over Mm -hmm. what was being done. And so I think the lack of control and it was definitely more mental health driven this time than that time. So it was more of the, an internal change this time around. Yes. Okay. External factors exist, but internal change is the biggest. What do you think has been the most beneficial internal change that you've gone through? Um, I think like mental health, like we've been working on the right coping mechanisms for Mm -hmm. the mental health status that I'm at. And before, like, it's not the first time, (laughs) but last time was when I had made the decision to take a break from college and we had found some medicine like I got put on medication and then intense therapy, but it was very like light. It wasn't too deep. It wasn't mm-hmm. too serious. It wasn't let's investigate this further. I had a really shitty therapist twice 
And so like my ability to dive into making better mental health choices was limited to finding a therapist that actually worked for me and with me and and whatnot. And this time it's been like, let's actually look at what medications would be best for you if this part isn't working let's try things, let's up doses, let's pair things together differently. Mm -hmm. This is a symptom. I'm not just going to blanket use this medication to try and cover all of them. It's like this medication helps with this piece and this medication helps with this piece. Did this one work? No. Okay. So then we're not going to keep using that one. Like it just kind of, it's like plus therapy and then the difference in therapy, like before it's just sort of like light talk therapy where you just talk about your feelings and they until Courtney, yeah, Courtney was a ball buster. It took me like a year to find a therapist that wasn't just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she was like, and who did that? Yeah. <laughs> She'd be like, mm, do you like reflect on that? Let's talk about the reflection. Like she would make me truly analyze things, but it took me a while to find her. And then I moved to Dylan. And so I was fleeting. Yeah. And this time it's been, you know, basically a year, like looking at this, a year and some change that I've been like kind of coping in almost a year since we've been like working on my med levels. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like at this point I have more support in dealing and deeper support in dealing more foundation I guess nice to build new upon whereas I was just like laying floorboards down yeah. the best before like I'm gonna take this plywood and like we'll just put that down and cover you can stand on that maybe yeah <laughs> um is there any changes that you have gone through that you feel are detrimental um I have tendencies which I've always had but haven't been quite as aware of them as I am now that so like I have pretty intense bipolar diagnosis I'll go ahead and throw that out to the wind I make decisions when I'm (laughs) manic and I make decisions when I'm depressed and they don't they don't go well sometimes (laughs) and so I would say there's been some detrimental decisions and related to like making irresponsible financial choices is usually my thing (laughs) weird weird. we're in boston (laughs) (laughs) um and so that i think is a little detrimental the fact that i can't seem to get that shit together in a way that promotes long-term stability in my life because I just have so much instability in my life that I would rather have my experiences now than save for what I don't know will be later that's fair I think I mean there's the positive of that is you can live in the moment there's the downfall of that but which is like, you might not have a retirement to fall back on, but you're a millennial, so none of us will. 
much as actually like have in some ways taken care of that. Like oh. I do have, I think at this one I have four retirement accounts. At some point I will see if I can one them bitches into one, but I have, I mean, I stayed teaching long enough to have a pension. Montana still has a pension. Nice. So I get a pension. I'm technically retired under my teacher's union. So I will forever get benefits from that um that retirement account and then I have a second one from teaching both of those are still active my bartending job gives me an account that's still active and then my new job gives me an IRA so that's so I actually have some it's not great but it so what does I've, exist what I've learned from this is if you're a teacher go to Montana <laughs> pension we still have that <laughs> um so and the yeah. largest teachers the largest public um what's the word teachers union it's not just a teachers union it's public uh employees so i think there's like 40 something thousand of us in the union wow. across montana nurses highway patrol um, teachers the archives general government public government officials yeah. nice yeah so i get all those benefits including a death benefit so if someone kills me or I accidentally die you can be buried good job dad <laughs> you're getting some money <laughs> pay off my student loans please <laughs> I mean at that point they're not your problem anymore it's true at this point I'm getting close we're getting higher on the list yeah More people get forgiven so we're gonna hope we reach that top yeah because mine is if I die my kids have to pay for that shit <laughs> unfortunately for them um what is do you have like next year to two years do you have a a plan or any amount of plan for what that is going to look like and it could be big picture could be adventures you plan on anything well, I'm going on a cruise of <laughs> and what is that cruise emo's not dead cruise <laughs> I want to hang out with my high school and early college favorite bands on a boat where they can't leave me <laughs> they can't stop bang. <laughs> but that and like I signed a lease on a new apartment so I split with my ex of six years during all of the shit that I went through the last year he was not supportive there was like a couple things wrong but at this point life's too short to stay with someone who doesn't serve you and I felt like the relationship was very uneven mm -hmm. and despite conversations about it it never evened out I'm like and it doesn't have to be 50 50 and I told him that I just need it to be one person needs to, to help the other person out when they're not 50 yeah and I feel like our relationship was 40 60 pretty much standard practice if not a little bit more on my side I was always 60 um and I'm like well right now I feel like trash so I'm about 10 and you're still sitting at 40 which means we're only 50 percent and I'm struggling so I'm like I would rather deal with my own 10 percent all by myself than have to deal yeah. with the fact that 60 percent of this isn't getting taken care of it's fair so we had a house together don't do that by the <laughs> one of you one of you signed the house 
And then, yeah, so we're splitting the house. We signed that paperwork last week. I signed the lease to my new place. And so when I get back, I will be packing, moving, packing, moving. And then I feel like I can truly start over because that was kind of the last tether Mm -hmm. to all of the shit that's happened over the last year. And then I can kind of start anew rise out of the ashes and be a new a new phase new job new boyfriend <laughs> new apartment new no goals really except for grad school I'm in grad school didn't give that up I took a little break but that kicks back off September 30th so nice grad school try to finish that what is what's the degree you're going for in grad school um mathematics and education oh yeah because you were Tell me yesterday you want to teach college. I want to teach college, high school. I mean, I could go back to secondary, but at this point, I would like the education system to collapse on itself and start over. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or something like that, you know, major education reform, because you can keep putting patches over the hole, but it's eventually going to sink. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. Um, and as we close out, the last question I have for you is, is there anything, like if the world needs to hear one thing, what does the world need to know? That there's lots of little baby guys, but they're kind of stereotypical. Um, in my philosophy I guess one of the things that is true to my core is that life is short and experience is over money like I would rather spend two thousand dollars to go on a cruise than two thousand dollars in my bank account for a rainy day like obviously rainy day money needs to happen because if the boiler on your house breaks or you have a cat emergency yeah but you can save for that and have that nest egg but also save and enough to go do these things like you don't need a bank account with fifty thousand dollars in it put thirty thousand dollars in it and go see the world go do that thing you want to do like take the class whether you're the building a new skill or nurturing a hobby or seeing people you love or getting to experience things that you've always wanted that are on your bucket list like cross the shit off your bucket list now don't wait till you retire to cross it off your bucket list you don't need to cross all of it off right now yeah. <laughs> but just every once in a while throw yourself a bucket list item to cross yeah. off just take them off one or two a year just I love that. I agree. <laughs> when I left the Y, that was the first thing I did. I was like, I always wanted to go rock climbing. I went rock climbing. I always wanted to go skydiving. I went skydiving. I was like, you know what I couldn't do when I was working 80 hours a week? All of the things I wanted to do. <laughs> so I went and did them. Life is too short. <laughs> Not, I mean, obviously, you know, money makes the world go round because yeah. capitalism blows, but <laughs> I'm going to quote you on that. <laughs> Do some things. Yeah. Live your life. 
Well, Ashley, thank you for joining me on the Common Humanity Podcast, where we're here to have real human conversations. See you guys next time. Like, cross the shit off your bucket list now. Don't wait till you retire to cross shit off your bucket list. You don't need to cross all of it off right now. (laughs) But just every once in a while, throw yourself a bucket list item to cross off. Just take them off. One or two a year. Just... I like that. I agree.